welcome to the Hugan Hall Podcast, episode 20. Today we are going to talk about the Have'em All with Lore some more. And I know last time I mentioned it would be this month or next month that I had Stuart on for an interview, so it's looking like it will be next month. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out and you have some questions you want to ask the AFA, please do send them to me, but uh, I'm not exactly sure when we're going to do it, so I don't know how much time you have. Anywho, um, Lore, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thanks, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Excellent. I suppose we might as well just jump into the have them all. I guess before I get to that, I did want to mention we're going to get into some, like, rune um, stanzas shortly, and I'm probably not going to go into great depth. It's not because they don't deserve a good study. It's because I haven't really studied them enough to say much on them. So um, we're going to at least read through them, but we're probably not going to go into great depth. If I ever get around to studying them in great depth, then I'll revisit it, but I don't know when or if that will happen. So I believe we were around 79 yesterday, so I'm just going to start there. Certain is that which is sought from runes that the gods so great have made, and the master poet painted of the race of gods, silence is the safest and best. Best. Um, certain is that which is sought from runes. So obviously it's talking about runes. And certain is that which is sought from runes. I don't want to go as far as to say runes are never wrong and they're right all the time, but I think it is implying that there is a lot of truth in the runes and things to learn in the runes. And of course, that God so great have made... I think we've been over the story of how Odin got the runes um, at some point in time in this podcast. It definitely, I went over it in the Runes podcast, which is way back there. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm not sure what the dot, dot, dots are, so I'm going to read a note I have here. This stanza is certainly in bad shape and probably out of place here. Its reference to the runes as magic signs suggests it properly belongs in some list of the charms, like Lyutha, which stands at 147 to 165. Stands form is um, Oh, go ahead. I was also going to tell you that uh, in the one that we look at, the Hollanders version, this is actually stanza eighty. Oh, is it really? Yes. So what I just read was stanza eighty. In Hollanders version, yes. Well, was that interesting? <clears throat> okay, so if you're in Hollander, reference eighty. If you're on the sacred text one, reference 79. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I'm coming down with a cold or something like that, so I apologize. Um, so it, it sounds like this stands is in bad shape, so there might be missing parts. So th- th- that's fair. Um, the third line is the master poet painted. Oh, there's something I just want to mention again. Runes were language. Um, Language and magic were very intertwined and are actually still very intertwined. Just as a point, something to mention. And this last one of the race of gods, silence is safest and best. 
I don't know exactly what that's saying. I do think there is a certain, I don't know if I'd say warning or suggestion or tip or what, but some of the things you learn when using the runes are, it's best to say, stay silent on those. Uh, we think of Odin, who learned a lot of things from the runes, uh, and he stays silent on a lot of those things. Part of it is just something that comes up in the Havamal a lot. Um, don't tell everybody everything. You know, keep a trump card up your sleeve, so to speak. But when you're talking about magic, it means a lot more. Just, you can't say everything that you learn about magic things in general. If that has to do with whatever. Um, if it has to do with the gods, most especially. You don't want to just tell everybody. So, yeah, I'm just going to say that. And <clears throat> Now, what was your 79? Because my 80 is... Uh, they're swapped. They're 79 swapped. and 80 swapped. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. So... I'm going to move to my 80, which is going to be, uh, Hollander. Thank you. Hollander 79. And this says, an unwise man, if a maiden's love or wealth he chance to win, his pride will wax, but his wisdom never. Straightforward he fares in conceit. Um, so if, if, you know, you're, an unwise person and you come up across somebody's love or or wealth or whatever your pride will grow greater and you'll think higher of yourself but it, it won't make you more wise it won't make you more intelligent um, I think that's part of it straightforward he fares in conceit no, about the straightforward he fares in conceit. Well, let me read 79 as Hollander here. Oh, excessive pride. Oh, okay. Uh, the unwise man, once he calls his own wealth or the love of a woman, his overweening waxes, but his wit never. He hotly hardens his heart. What was the very last line again? He haughtily hardens his heart. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this is about an unwise man. Yes. So is it saying? I I, I oh, think I think what this is saying is that um, taking for granted over you know the love of a woman or wealth is what an unwise man would do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I I suppose that kind of goes with the idea of. Well, it's kind of tricky. I don't want to say that. Um, pride and especially conceit, which are two different things, can be negative things. I think you should be proud of yourself, definitely. Uh, but there's also something you can do when you're overly proud of your your wealth or something like that. Y you can get to a point where... You're not using it right, or you're not appreciating it, because you're so concerned, and I, I guess this could go with a woman, too. You're so concerned with how it makes you look good that 
you're not concerned with it in itself and you can kind of lose sight of it because you're like oh look how rich i am and you lose sight of what good part what might be good about wealth you know maybe you want to share with your family because even though that would be a good aspect of wealth you're like no i need to stay i need to stay rich so there's always a line between a healthy amount of pride and conceit which sort of blinds you to everything else um 81 is another good one uh it just i mean one i like give praise to the day's event or i'm sorry give praise to the day at evening a woman on her pier to a weapon which is tried to a maid at wedlock to ice when it is crossed to ale that is drunk so i think what this is um saying is uh give praise to good things once they have actually come to fruition so you don't say oh this was a great day at noon because you don't know it could still be a bad day don't say this is a great weapon before you've used it in battle wait until it is tried uh, so on one hand just giving praise is important it, you know on the other hand i think there's a practical aspect where if you put too much trust in something or even someone that has not been proved yet you could really get yourself hurt <clears throat> if you trust your weapon completely which you've never used in battle uh, you know maybe it breaks um to ice when it is crossed is another good one if you trust too much in ice and you just tromp across it because you're sure it's fine once you make it halfway across the lake you could still hit a soft spot you still need to be careful because you don't know what is actually the case yet and you need to wait till you know what is actually the case before you put your full trust in it so um i'm going to move on to 82 when the gale blows hugh wood in fair wind seek the water sport with maiden at dusk for day's eyes are many from the ship seek swiftness from the shield protection cuts from the sword from the maiden kisses um so these just seem to be i don't know some th well, things you should do um let me read hollanders okay. and he has a note for the first part fell wood in the wind and this is the note 37 that is probably the windy season winter or spring before sap rises in fair weather row out to sea daily with girls in the dark or dally with girls in the dark the day's eyes are many choose a shield for shelter a ship for speed a sword for keenness and a girl for kissing so make decisions yes and do do things in your life yeah i suppose yeah that's um that's a good point you know some of them are practical you know when do you harvest the wood and and don't necessarily get involved with people you know not like you know if you were um involved with a girl do it at dusk not necessarily because you're in an immoral relationship or something but you don't want weapon or um rumors to spread but uh so there's a little bit of the practical but yeah i like what you said as well that the underlying point of it is um to do things with your life so that's good i'm going to move on to 83 
By the fire drink ale, over ice go on skates, by a steed that is lean and a sword by a steed that is lean and a sword when tarnished, the horse at home fatten, the hound in the dwelling. Um I have no note on that. Never mind. Okay. Um so the second part is kind of interesting, and I don't know how this differs from the stanza that was right before it, but by a steed that is lean, because you can fatten the horse at home, um, a sword that is tarnished would probably be the same type of thing. <clears throat> is it is it kind of getting, or could it kind of be getting at um, an idea of you can improve certain things, and if you have a chance to do that, you should take advantage of it. It's not necessary to over-purchase things. If you can find a good deal, basically, on something that you know you can repair, go for it. Don't make a decision based upon, this is the best that I could ever find. Make it on, is this good that I can make better? Or the best. Yeah. Yeah. You can always make things better. Okay. That makes sense. I'm going to move down to 84. A man shall trust not the oath of a maid, nor the word a woman speaks. For their hearts on a whirling wheel were fashioned, and fickle their breasts were formed. Um, don't trust women. That's basically what it's <laughs> saying. I don't... Uh, I don't... Well, yeah, that's what it's saying. That's what it's saying, outwardly. I... When you look at the rest of the Lord... I don't think it's so much getting at the fact women aren't people and women shouldn't get and women shouldn't be trusted. I think it's more along the lines of a man shall trust not the oath of a maid. A man shouldn't trust a woman in the sense that a man shouldn't trust a lover. Now obviously when you get married there's some amount of trust there, obviously. Mm. I think that you're trying to wrap it. That's not necessarily what they're saying at all. I think what this stanza is basically saying is that their hearts... Well, let me read Hollanders here. Okay. Uh, a wench's words let no wise man trust, nor trust the troth of a woman. For on whirling wheel their hearts are shaped, and fickle and fitful their minds. Now, what this is is a sexist statement saying that they're highly emotional and bound to do what they think emotionally is correct as opposed to what they both do. And you you could be, you're probably right, but even if what I'm saying isn't actually what they were saying, I, I still think it's something to think about. So I'm just going to kind of throw out what I think it might be, and, and it, I really may be wrong on this. This could just be a sexist statement. Um... I think there is some truth, though, in man and woman trusting each other because you have so much emotions wrapped up in relationships or whatever it might be that we're talking about. There is a certain amount of wisdom in not trusting someone you may be in a relationship with or who may want to be in a relationship with you, etc., because all of those, like, relationshipal that's not a word, but all those relationship questions and those relationship emotions get in the way of making a real 
get in the way of being able to clearly communicate um because there's all these feelings there can be um not honest things said and stuff like that i i don't know this is probably just a sexist statement but if we really wanted to defend some sort of sacred text idea which i don't you could put it that way and you point out well it says a man shall not trust not a woman a man shall not trust a maid it's it's it it might be a bit of a stretch nonetheless i think there is some wisdom in that someone you could be in a relationship with especially an early relationship you have to remember you could be getting carried away with the moment and and don't take anything too seriously and also remember that this was written by snorri and it, it it was a sexist time in the 800s i mean men were supposed to be warriors and and there were exceptions certainly and women did have a more power than they had in some other places where they could sue for divorce and and everything else but you didn't really and i mean they were in charge of the monetary parts of the house but you you didn't have women as equals to men in the 800s. I don't know what it was like before that cuz there's not really much history. So the idea that this is just a sexist statement is certainly reasonable. Maybe the most reasonable to assume because this was written in a sexist time. Um and I certainly want to make it clear, I don't think we should be sexist anymore. Even if our ancestors were, they also did human sacrifices and we've moved beyond that. So so there. Okay, did you have anything else to add to that? I did not. Okay. And yeah, it it, prob- it probably is a sexist statement. But let's move on to 85. In a breaking uh, I'm sorry, in a breaking bow or burning flame, a raven wolf or croaking raven, and a grunting boar, a tree with roots broken, in billowy seas or a bubbling kettle. Um I kind of feel like I should keep reading... Just go to 86. Okay. In a flying arrow or falling water, the ice new formed or the serpent's folds, in a bride's bed speech or a broken sword, in the sport of bears or in sons of king... It's just left in a bunch of stuff. Oh, I've got a no. Blah, blah. Um... I'll... And they're saying or. I think they're alluding they're together, but not as an or uh, in Hollanders. How are they in Hollanders? Well, it's like a brittle bow, a burning fire, a gaping wolf, a grunting sow, which these things to me, a bow that's brittle, what do you do with it? You burn it. A gaping wolf, you feed it a a sow. Uh, You get a croaking crow, you you kettle it in a boiling kettle. You get a rising sea... You have a rootless tree, which to me doesn't make much sense, but I guess... A rising tree? A rising sea, a rootless tree. Well, if the sea rises, it can break away the roots under the tree and it'll fall in eventually. Uh, Then they start getting weirder. A flying dart, a foaming billow. Ah, That doesn't make sense at all. Ice one night old, a coiled up adder, which, dangerous... Oh, true. Dangerous. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, failing, falling waters, that could be dangerous. Maybe that means a storm or something. I don't know. 
and uh, a woman's bed talk, a broken blade, which you could say it's a very dangerous thing because it, yeah. it, it could uh, dull your blade. And it's kind of treacherous, a woman's bed speech could be. And, uh, or a man's bed speech. You know, or a man's whatever. bed speech. Yeah, it says bride. And the play of Cubs, a king's uh, scion. Now, 39, which says his promises? His promises? Yeah, okay. the play of Cubs. See, mine says, and the sport of bears, or in sons of kings, which made more sense, because bears are strong and so are kings. But yours, cubs doesn't really work for that. Well, cubs are baby bears. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't think strength when you see a cub. You're like, oh, he's cute. Well, I think what they're saying is, um, baby bears, still strong. Still stronger than you would think. And, uh... Un, unthinking in their power because mm-hmm. they're young and they just flail about like a king's promises. <laughs> oh, it could be that. It's a little... Yeah, it could be that. And then 87 continues the match. Um, well, I, you I have it. Yours. Oh, I can. I guess I'll, I'll go. And a calf that is sick or a stubborn thrall a flattering witch or a foe new slain. Uh, a sickly calf, a self-willed thrall, the smooth words of a witch, a warrior fresh slain. Smooth words of a witch and warrior fresh slain seems a strange one. Not really. Think about it. You were entranced by a witch. <coughs> will be mm-hmm. freshly slain. Mm, yeah. Does this just keep going? Yes. Wow. Well, there, until 91. There are a lot of these. So read them through, and then we'll go to 91. Okay. So I think, um, Laura, thank you for kind of showing. There's, there's, like, comparisons to these, and, you know, maybe you can read into it. But I don't think we're going to explain every single one. In a brother slayer, if thou meet him abroad. Oh, if you hear an interesting one, just stop me, and we can go on over it. In a half-burned house, in a horse full swift, full swift, one leg is hurt and the horse is useless, um, obviously. None had ever such faith as to trust in them all. Hope not too surely for early harvest, not trust too soon in thy son. The field needs good weather, the sun needs wisdom, and of, and oft is either denied. Uh, so that's kind of making another analogy between, you know, early don't trust an early harvest or an early sun. Okay. The love of a woman, fickle of will, is like skating over ice with a steed unshod. Right, both dangerous. A two-year-old restive and little tamed or steering a rudderless ship in a storm. Uh, or lame hunting reindeer on slippery rocks. Does your say a two-year-old restive? It says a brisk two-year-old. Okay. Okay. Restive. I've just never heard that word before. I always get distracted when I come across weird words, and I force myself to put strange pauses in the podcast to look them up. A restive of a person unable to keep still or silent and becoming increasingly difficult to control. No, that's restive. Restive. Sorry, I can't read. 
All right, that makes her a two-year-old restive, yes, and a little tamed, or steering a rudderless ship in a storm. Oh, wow, that's a pretty severe comparison. Um, okay, so now we're to 91. Clear now will I speak, for I know them both. Men false to women are found. When fairest we speak, when falsest we think, against, against wisdom we work with deceit. Heed my words now, for I know them both. Main sworn are men to women. We speak most fair when most false are thoughts. For the wiles, the wariest wits. Basically, uh, men and women speak the most lies and the most fairest of lies when they wish to get something. Yeah. So they're being deceitful. Yeah. And that's, that's probably a bad thing. Like, you know, against wisdom we work with deceit. But, um, and, you know, that does happen. Uh, you know, you kind of think of flattery too. Oftentimes, if someone's being very, I don't know the term, but if they're flattering you a bunch, you're kind of like, uh, what's going on here? Why are they being so nice and saying such nice things? Uh, so that's, that's another warning. I'm just going to move on to 92. Soft words shall he speak, and wealth shall he, shall he offer, who longs for a maiden's love. And the beauty praise of the maiden bright, he wins whose wooing is best. Okay. Of course my phone has to ring. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay, so this is talking about... Uh, How to win a woman. Wooing a maiden, yeah. You have to, you know, offer wealth to her, be nice to her, praise her beauty. Yes, it's all very much, very much true. I'm going to move on, because the next one's kind of built on this, I think. Fault for loving let no man find, even ever with any other. Oft the wise are fettered where fools go free by beauty that breeds desire. Um, don't, I mean, I think it's in here, don't look down on or criticize people for loving other people. Um, and also... The wise are fed. Some uh, very wise people can be distracted by um, love. The lure of a lovely maid. The lure of a lovely maid. Yes, that's a good way to put it. So, you know, don't criticize people for loving other people. And, you know, even though very wise are... are, it can affect them too. Now, I will say that's a little bit negative, you know. Oh, wise people are fettered by women, but uh, I'm gonna. Well, it, it comes about where they don't say it here necessarily, but love is a tool that kind of hinders thoughts at times, logical thoughts at least. Yeah, it's true, and I mean we do see a lot of stories, um, and situations where love does get people in trouble, you know, the wife who's maybe being manipulative, uh, or, or it could be the other way around just as easily, asks their spouse to do something that's really not logical, but they're like, oh, for you I'll do it. So 
again, since there's so many warnings in this, this is another legitimate warning too to think about. And uh, for the modern day, for both genders, well, for the old days too, but I'm just saying, for both genders today, women can be fooled by men just as easily, so let it be a warning to them too. So I'm just going to move on to 94. Fault with another, let no man find, for what touches many a man. Wise men off into witless fools are made by a mighty love. And again, you can see this, you know, you fall in, fall in love with somebody and just do things that are dumb. So, kind of along the same ideas, lines there, I mean. The head alone knows what dwells near the heart. A man knows his mind alone. No sickness is worth, is worse to one who is wise than to lack the longed for joy. Um, no sickness, okay, obviously only you can really know what you want and think. No sickness is worse to one who is wise than to lack the longed for joy. Is, I don't know, maybe it's not, but is that getting at, um, regret? You know, like, what was it? Orbital actually had a great song that had this line in it that, that said, the funny thing about regret is you'll always regret what you didn't do more than what you did do. And I wonder if this is touching on that. You know, you don't want to lack that long for joy that maybe you missed out on for whatever reason. So th there could be a bit of advice saying, you know, if you're going to, if you want to do something, you should actually do it because you don't want to spend the rest of your life, which often people do, wanting this thing that they can't have. Or, because it's just after the falling in love things, you know, the person who, like, wants to ask the girl out and never does and tries to build up their courage for years and years and years, that is one of the worst things that you can have. That's And, and I mean, just realistically, it is. So, you know, you you shouldn't do that. You should just, like, make up your mind and ask the person out or, or do the thing you want or whatever. I could be reading a little bit too much into that, but that's kind of my first thoughts. Is that 95? Ah, uh, yes, it is. Let me read Hollanders, then. Okay. Oneself only knows what is near one's heart. Each reads but himself aright. No sickness seems to sound mine worse than to have lost all liking for life. Oh. Oh, well, that is very different. Um, it starts out same. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the same one is is um you can only know yourself, only right. you know what's important to you. So could this be talking about depression then? Well, uh you only know what you like, mm -hmm. but there is no sickness worse than to lose the liking for life. That's what it's saying. So, yeah, depression. Yeah. And, I mean, it, that could come about in many ways. Regret is one, but certainly not the only one. Um, yeah, depression is bad, so if you can don't have it. It's not something you can just not have. I think this is just a statement about it. I'm going to move to 96. 
This found I myself when I sat in the reeds, and long my love awaited. As my life the maiden wise I loved, yet her I never had. As my life. Yeah, let's read Hollanders. Okay. That saw I well when I sat in the reeds, awaiting the maid I wooed. More than body and soul was the sweet maid to me, yet I worked not my will with her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You kind of have the idea that... The, I, almost it's the idea of the maid is better than actually having her. Yeah. And, and you can kind of think about that when you were... And, and I'm not putting down the rest of the relationship, because many people, myself included, I think, have very good relationships filled with love. But if you think about those early days of your relationship, the anticipation, the the mental imagery you put around this other person, all of that stuff is um it's very good. And and you can imagine in relationships that don't work, uh the person you created and and the thrill of of waiting for them in this game you sort of play is actually better than the person themselves, which is, you know, why it doesn't work out long term. So I I think I think we can relate to that. Okay, uh, 97. Billing's daughter I found on her bed in slumber bright as the sun. Empty appeared in Earl's estate without that form so fair. No. Okay, what does yours say? Uh Billing's daughter, on her bed I found, sleeping the sunbright maid, a king's crown I craved not to wear, if she let me have her love. Oh, jeez. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, again, you have this idea of, of the power of love, I suppose. You know. You would throw all aside for love, yes. basically. Even your crown, yeah. Uh, I think... I don't know, actually, if we're getting to the end of the loved ones or not. I don't think we are. Um, I guess I'm just going to pause here just for a second to say, yes, love is very important. I think it's something that's easy to overlook for some people, especially people very concerned with uh, wisdom, maybe, and, and being wise and all of this. They never get involved in love. Or they don't appreciate it until it's sort of thrown on them. It's important to remember that it, it has extreme power. On one hand, you should be ready, just so you don't get taken advantage by somebody. But I think on a bigger level, it's good to fall in love. It's it's good to find someone that you... And, and I'm, I'm not saying any of these stanzas are getting at this, but I'm just saying that it's good to find someone that you can share your life with. It's good to fall in love. It is used to manipulate people so often because it is so powerful. It wouldn't be used to manipulate people if it was something that really didn't matter. You don't manipulate people with, I don't know, Uno cards or something. You manipulate people with things that really matter and are really powerful, and, and love is one of the most powerful things. So I think it's good to dwell on it for a little bit, um, and I guess I just wanted to say that, so, there. Also, kind of interesting that this is coming about, then again, uh, in February, uh, 
there is a Hallmark holiday that oh, is supposed yeah. to be for love. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the timing is um, good. And I'm not a huge fan of Valentine's Day because you either look at it historically and be like, okay, I'm not Catholic, so why would I celebrate St. Valentine? Or you look at it, what it's become, and it's become a giant corporate Hallmark holiday, and I hate those. You should love your wife every day. You shouldn't be like, oh, it's this one day that society tells me to buy her something, so I will. I just am not a fan of Valentine's Day. Not saying everyone should stop celebrating it, and if you've been celebrating it for a while, don't stop now, it's too late. Um, I'm just not a fan of that holiday. But, nonetheless, that is good timing. Alright, I'm going to move on to 98. Othen gain... I'm sorry. Othen again at evening come, if a woman thou wouldst win. Even... It were if others than we should know of such a sin. Can you read um, Hollander's version of that? Right. Uh, that was 98, right? Yes. So, at eventide shalt oathen come, if thou wilt win me to wife. Unmet it were, if more than we two know of this naughty thing. Hmm. I feel like... That's taken out of context? Maybe. Uh, if that will win me to wife, if you want to make me your woman, uh, don't tell anyone when we do these things together. And I mean, certainly there's lots of stories where Odin does have flings with lots of different entities. Um, I feel like I need context to know who this is, but maybe it's just saying something about Odin's character, or even character of other people. Some uh, relationship should be kept in the dark and not talked to about other people. And I think uh, we can agree on that. I mean, well, I think that's the case. Some relationship shouldn't be talked about with other people. You know, yeah, as long as everybody's You afraid. know what? I, I think it's mostly, if, if I'm going to read more into it, don't talk about her sex life. Yeah, that's why I wish we had context. Because if this was um, referring to Frigga, that would certainly be the case. But if referring to someone else, it'd be harder to say. But, you know, I think that's fair, because it says... See, mine doesn't say wife in here, which is unfortunate. Um, What did you say, though, if you would have me... Um, Wife or something? If thou wilt win me to wife. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's probably good. Um, I think you're, I, yeah, you're probably right on that. It, it is, uh, you don't want to talk too much about your sex life. Now, it's not to say it's a sin, because it's certainly not, but still you don't want to tell everybody. And that's actually really good advice, because I have had some friends who told me way too much about their sex life. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, you kind of have a problem because to an extent you want to keep that between you and um, your significant other. That is supposed to be a private thing because that is one of the few things that you share with only your significant other, i.e. a sex life. You don't, 
even though, you know, my best friend in the world is my best friend in the world and I trust them and um, give them gifts or, or whatever, all these other things. You don't share a sex life with them. And keeping your own sex life private is probably a good idea. It depends on your uh, your partner and you and your friends. It does depend on your partner and you and your friends. That's That's very true. But I have noticed a lot of relationships. Sometimes what happens is people will talk about their sex life, let's say, with their girlfriends, as in their friends that are girls or their friends that are boys, instead of with each other. I think that's a very common thing, and I think that can be a very dangerous thing where there's something... It doesn't have to be your sex life, but it oftentimes is, where they'll just like talk to their friends about their sex life instead of their significant others. And that can be a problem. You really need to have open communication with your partner. So, anyway. I'm going to move on to 99. Away I hastened, hoping for joy, and careless of counsel wise. Will I believe that soon I should win measureless joy with the maid? Away I hastened, hoping for joy, and careless. Um, so again, I think you kind of have the same idea that you can ignore wise counsel and good counsel and, you know, just not think about anything else except for the person that you're shortly going to see or the time that you're going to have with a woman, which I think is fair. And it's completely different in mind. It may be that we're looking at something, a wrong stanza, but okay. I don't think it's the same. What does yours say? We're 99, right? Yes. Okay, back I went to win her love. I let myself be misled. For I did think, enthralled by love, to work my will with her. Well, that is completely different. And see, the thing is, the confusing thing is, they're both the Havamaw. It's the same book. But just the way that they've translated these poems is so different. And, I mean, there's more than one copy of the Havamal, so maybe even their original manuscript is kind of different. I just wish I had the original one. And there's nothing that says this one's right and all the others are wrong. Again, we don't have sacred lore, so you don't get that kind of thing. Let's talk about your 99, because, yes, it is very different. Can, can you read that one more time? Back I went to win her love, I let myself be misled. For I did think enthralled by love... To work my will with her. So, um, he thought that he was going to, you know, win this person or whatever, and obviously didn't. I mean, could it be just pointing out the uncertainties of love that you really don't know what's going on with the other person all the time, and there can be certain disappointments and whatnot associated with that? Possibly. I'm going to move on to 100, and we'll see if ours start lining up again. So came I next, when night it was, the warriors all were awake. With burning lights and waving brands, I learned my luckiest way. Well, this matches up better. Okay. When, when next I came, a nighttime wind... All the warriors found I awake with brands high-born and burning lights, such the luckless ends of my love's tryst. 
Oh, wait, are 99 and 100 together, then? For mine, yes. Yeah, mine makes less sense. I really don't like mine. You know, he went there expecting to have a midnight rendezvous, and instead, like, the whole castle is awake. Yeah. That would suck. Something to consider, especially if you're getting in relationships with really powerful people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But seriously, especially in those times, you, you really could get in a lot of trouble if you get found out. And the woman can certainly tell everybody what's happening and then be like, yeah, just be awake at night. So, okay, that's a, that's a good warning. I'm going to move to 101. At morning then, when once more I came, and all were sleeping still, a dog I found in the fair one's place bound there upon her bed. Um... So then, is this still the same thing when he goes back in the morning? Mm-hmm. And, um, he finds a dog on the bed. Well, I suppose they wouldn't leave her on the bed. Or he's implying something. Or he's implying something. Yeah, that's possible. You know, I wonder if there is a piece of lore that perhaps we don't have. Uh... That, you know, is this alluding to a story that would be commonplace back in the day, but isn't commonplace anymore? Uh, maybe not, but, uh, that's just, and there's no way you can tell, so, but that is something kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder if he's implying something there. You might be right. Depends on how optimistic you want to be. Uh, I think I'm going to move on to 108. Two, many fair maids, if a man but tries them, false to a lover are found. That did I learn when I longed to gain with wiles the maiden's wise. Oh, and it continues. Foul scorn was my mead from the crafty maid and not from the woman I won. Many a good maid, if you mark it well, is fickle, though fair her word that I quickly found, when the cunning maid I lured to lecherous love. Every taunt and jive she tried on me, and not I had of her. Um, okay. So the first part is talking that, you know, many maids do not make, or make false lovers. That makes sense. Now, what's the, what's the second part? She tried to taunt and scorn him, and... I lured to lecherous love. Every taunt and jibe she tried on me, and not I had of her. So basically he he took all her words, and still yet he ne he did not have her. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um... I suppose that's good to know, that there are false lovers, and, you know, people you can't went over in the end. I, and I suppose coming from the thought that we're thinking of this as the Havamal again, Odin speaking, it gets kind of the idea with as many um, loves that he's had, or I don't know if love is the right word in that case, but um, 
as many children as he had has he has had from you know other women for certain purposes volley and um just a whole slew of different beings were created because odin had uh you know created a child with this woman or that woman or giant or god or whatever uh even he is not perfect not perfect's not the word, but even he can't get anybody that he wants. And I think that's always important to remember. So. I'm going to go ahead and move to 103. Though glad at home and merry with guests, a man shall be wary and wise. The sage and shrewd, wide wisdom seeking, must see that his speech be fair. A fool is he named who not can say, for such is the way of the witless. Um, uh, there's certainly the idea of speaking... Speak wise well. in word and well, but you should not say nothing at all, for that would be witless as well. Yeah. Um, the importance of speech... I think the importance of speech is... Okay, this that's redundant. The importance of speech is important. Um, but there is something important about being able to uh, speak well, especially when you're, you're out and you are talking to people. And I think we had warnings early in the Havamal about, you know, just speaking too much and going on and on. But we had other warnings here and in other places where it talks about don't just sit there and say nothing because it can make you look rather foolish. Now, if you are actually a fool and you have the choice of talking or staying silent, you should certainly stay silent. But the idea is if you're silent, people kind of expect you're a fool. And then if you say stupid things, they just know it for sure. Um, so yeah, kind of getting at the importance of speech, which is, um, that, that's, a, that's an, that's an important thing. I'm going to move to 104. I found the old giant, I found the old giant, now back have I fared, small gain from silence I got. Full many a word, my will to get, I spoke in Sutton's hall. Let's see if there's a note here. Um, the giant Sutton, this is according to the note, the giant Sutton possessed the magic mead, a drought from which conferred the gift of poetry. Odin desires to obtain it, to obtain it, change himself into a snake, bored his way through the mountain into Sutton's home, made love to the giant's daughter Gunloth, and, and by her con, con, I don't know what that word is, and, and by her convenience, drank up all the mead. Then he flew all the way, and then he flew in the form of the eagle, leaving Gunloth to her fate. While with Sutton, he assumed the name of Bulwark, the evildoer. All right, that's one of Odin's name, is Bulwark. Um, that is a story, which I don't remember if we've gone through or not, but the story of how Odin got the poetic maid... Um, uh, he got it from the giant Sutton and basically turned himself, you know, there's a little bit of a beginning where he um, does something that gets all the farm workers killed. And then he works the farm for, you know, a whole season on the condition that he can have the poetic mead, which he's promised by one giant. 
But when he asked for his reward, the giant's like, oh, I think it's Sutton's brother. It's like, oh, well, Sutton, actually, you're not allowed to get that anymore. And he's like, well, you already promised me. So he makes him bore a hole in the mountain because the daughter is guarding the mead. And then he turns himself into a snake, goes up there, has sex with Gunlaud, and um, pours all the meat into his mouth, and he flies back home to Asgard, Sutton chasing him, and then he spits out the meat, so they have it there, and then they make a big bonfire, which burns Sutton, which turned himself into a bird, too. Okay, so there's the reference. I found the old giant. Okay, so this is apparently talking about... I found the old giant, now back I have fared. Small gain from... Oh, full mini word. My world to get. So that's why I spoke in Sutton's Hall. That's why it's important that that happened in Sutton's Hall. So now, what does this actually mean? I found the old giant, now back He used his words to gain his desires. That's what it means. Yes, that is what it means. Um... Yeah, because he went to the old giant's hall, and now he's come back. That's when he flies back to Asgard. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. He wouldn't have got what he wanted if he was silent the entire time. Okay, I... We are coming to the end of the show. I can't really decide if I... I'm, I think I'm going to... think I'm going to stop here. Uh, okay. So we will pick up at 105 next time. It looks like we're getting into a couple stanzas about that story, which I summed up. So uh, it's actually good to read the story. It's it's a fine story. Um, but we're going to stop there for now. So did you have anything you wanted to say? Final thoughts about any of these stanzas? Um, love is powerful. And clouds the mind, yet important to living life full. Yes, I absolutely agree. Love is powerful, and it is good, but it must be remembered that it can cloud the mind. Okay, so I think that does it for us today. Next month, we will go, we will hopefully have an interview with Stuart and talk about the AFA a little bit. Again, I try to do these um, one month have them all stuff in one month, something a little livelier. Again, I know the have them all can get a little dry, and it's 165 stanzas, so just trying to go through them all can be difficult. Um, but we're well over halfway there, and again, the alternating months, we'll, we're going to go over something a little more fun and conversational rather than, you know, actually talking about one stanza after the other. But I still think the Havamal is very informative. I think you should read it. Um, or even if it's just listening along to this, this th 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 that's fine. It's something that, as Austrians, is really stressed, and we should all read it and understand it, and I hope these discussions are a jumping-off point, not a final thought. Obviously, we're coming in to these fresh. Uh, I haven't read them for... I've read them, I have them all multiple times, but I haven't read them for a while, and I like coming in, taking them fresh, kind of have everybody start from, okay, well, there's there's one way to think about it, but let me take it in a different way. You know, I'm, I'm not super intellectual about this. I'm just kind of trying to figure out what they are to spark your own ideas. And if you had ideas, please feel free to write to me. 
Uh, so if you had any questions, if you get the podcast early, I haven't done the rec- I haven't um, done the meeting with Stuart yet. So any questions about the AFA, you still have a little bit of time to send those in. And any have them all questions, or maybe something you'd like us to talk about, some ideas of something that we've said where you agree or disagree. Um, yeah, we'll take show topics. That'd be fun. Feel free to email me those, and that is Podcast at gmail.com. Or just go to the website, that's hugenhoff.org, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org, and go to the podcast page where you will see the email to send uh, feedback to, or actually any email on the webpage anywhere, you can send email there and I will get it. Okay, uh, Lore, thank you for being uh, on the show today. Very helpful. Thank you for having me. And everybody else, thank you for listening. And we will see you next month. Fra hell. Fra hell.